Hello and welcome back to the Sports Credential Podcast. I am your host, the editor of the Sports Credential, Stephen Boero. Thank you guys for tuning in to this week's episode. Uh, super excited to get back into it. Uh, going to be talking a little bit of baseball. I'm recording this on the Major League Baseball opening day. And we're going to preview the sound season before it kicks off this weekend. Also going to talk a little bit about Nashville SC and some of their struggles after falling to FC Cincinnati last weekend, 1-0. We're going to touch, touch upon uh, the NCAA Final Fours for both the men's and women's this weekend. So uh, going to be a packed weekend of sports. We're going to get into it. But first, I'd like to address the tragedy that happened uh, in Nashville earlier this week on Monday with the horrible school shooting at the Covenant School over in Green Hills. It's hard to talk about. It's hard to even like talk about sports when something like this happens to a school, especially in your town. We all know that school shootings and mass shootings has just been an, an epidemic in this country for some time, but Nashville's kind of been unscathed by that until obviously Monday. And it makes you think about everything in life, makes you think about what's really important. And uh, that's why we decided to postpone recording the podcast and dropping the podcast early this week because we felt it was not a time to be talking about how well this player did or how bad this team is doing or who are your picks for the March Madness. And we have some fun stuff to talk about because it was not the time to do so it was a time to just reflect and mourn and pray and discuss um about things other than sports about family about friends about those that were lost six people including three children it's never fun to talk about it's never fun to think about but it's something we we decided that we felt was right to postpone the podcast and just let everyone kind of mourn and think and reflect on the tragedy that hit the city that we love so much on the people we love so much. So of course here at the sports credential music row, our hearts and our thoughts are with the school, the covenant school with the families and the victims and the people in that community and with the national community. Um, Obviously, there's been a lot of protests happening in Nashville, marches, memorials, vigils. People are resilient. People are strong, especially this city is so strong. We've seen such an outreach from the sports community here in Nashville. Uh, Dax McCarty, captain of the Nashville SC, tweeting about it. Uh, Titans players reaching out. Um, Vanderbilt Baseball had their big game uh, against Lipscomb on Tuesday and they donated all the proceeds from ticket sales to help the Covenant school community. Uh, Also heard that Amy Adams Strunk, the owner of the Titans was planning to donate over a hundred thousand dollars to the Covenant schools fund to help with the families and the victims of the tragedy that happened earlier this week. So even in darkness, there's light. And we've going towards the light as we continue to mourn to figure out how we can move forward from this, how we can do better and how we can continue to honor those that were lost. 
So that's what I have to say. It's going to be hard to jump into sports and talk about, hey, isn't this game fun? Isn't this going to be an interesting, you know, this, that, when we're still in the midst of trying to mourn and figure out how this happened and how, you know, we can do better as a society. So we're going to move on and talk about sports because that's what we're here to do because even in tragedy, sports kind of helps bring back the beauty and the playfulness that makes our our city great. It makes our society great that something as stupid and as insignificant as sports could help and uh, excited to jump into some sports this episode. Um, First off, let's just jump right into Nashville SC. You know, last week I spent some time talking about them. I spent all the most, mostly all the episode uh, talking about Nashville SC and how they really needed a bounce back win after dropping one zero against New England, and how they really need to make a stand this early on in the season against a rival like FC Cincinnati at Geodis Park, the place that they've been calling the fortress El Castillo, and they did the exact opposite. They played relatively iffy in the second half. They had their moments in the first half, but Cincinnati kept pushing, kept pushing, putting shots on net, and they finally snuck one through. Uh, Joe Willis, man, fantastic two games, fantastic, some brilliant saves, but not enough to help Nashville get that win. I mean, he, he did what he could do the best way he could do it. And he just let one goal in, and sadly, the offense couldn't help him out, and that was a definitive goal. And uh, we saw in his post-game comments, he you know, obviously was seemed very frustrated and upset that he couldn't make that extra save to at least pull out a 0-0 draw. But I, I think the feel in the locker room is uh, frustration, obviously. I know it's early on in the season, and there's still a lot that could happen. Same thing happened last season. Hani, you know, wasn't exploding early in the season, but in the middle towards the end, he exploded and helped lead Nashville to the playoffs. But he can't do that every single year to help Nashville get some wins and make the playoffs. I'd like to see more from Fafa Pico. A lot of questions surrounding if Ronda Leal is going to be back this weekend against Orlando. Um, Nashville really needs to win, more, even more than a draw. You take back-to-back losses – one to, uh, one to zero losses, they really need a bounce-back win, and they just need the offense to flow out. You need to have Jacob Schaffelberg and Hani Mukhtar up front to try to work something in the offense to create more chances. Um, and uh, if we can't see a whole lot from Fafa this weekend, I think that we may have to question if he should be a starter or not. Um, Ball Godoy came back. Late in the game uh, this past weekend, so that was good to see him back and healthy. We'll see if he can start this weekend. Uh, having him back full and healthy will definitely change this team and how the offense works. Um, so that'll be exciting to see. But back-to-back losses, it's hard to dig yourself out of that hole. But, you know, one week at a time, these guys are definitely going to have a little bit of a chip on their shoulder to prove that they can win uh, after they've done they already won this season. So, yeah, it's going to be a, an exciting game on Saturday, I believe, at 6.30 kickoff against Orlando in Orlando. So, 
going to be a fun one to watch. It's going to be an exciting one to watch. Uh, they could either get the point or get the points, which would be ideal, or they're going to drop three in a row, and then people are going to start to panic. You already see some panicking online from fans talking about Mike Jacobs. He doesn't we don't have a pure striker because he didn't want to spend money. I saw some people uh, on Reddit talking about John Ingram and how he's a cheap owner. And obviously the Gary hate is starting. And I'm just like, everyone just needs to slow down. Anyone that's calling for Mike Jacobs's head is just out of their minds. He set this team up to be fantastic so far. And obviously there are holes and there's more that he could do. And there's more the team could do, but like it just, a ridiculous idea to say that he deserves to be fired because of some, you know, the team isn't perfect. He made the move for Jacob Schaffelberg last season, and they signed him before this season, and he's a huge addition to the team. So I that's a big move. They made the move for Fafa. We haven't seen a whole lot from him, but once again, we're only five games into the season. And to take shots at John Ingram, who's – Probably the only reason why there is an MLS team here in Nashville, and there is a beautiful stadium like Geodas Park here in Nashville. Um, so any of that hate is just uncalled for and just it just needs to be ignored. This is a time to make your stance, and this is a time to set a precedent and set set a tone, really, for this start of the season. So we'll see. It'll be an exciting one. Um, I, I, we need a big game from Hani, I, I'll have to say. Got two assists so far this season, but still waiting for that goal. So hopefully Saturday we can see some magic back with Nashville SC. Also, this weekend is a huge weekend for basketball. Really the last weekend for college basketball. We have the both the men's and the women's final four. Gonna be a it's already been a crazy tournament. I kept giving you my picks and they kept going flat on their faces. So, but this weekend, this Saturday, the men's final four, we're definitely going to have a mid major in the NCAA men's basketball championship, which is as a mid major basketball fan and a mid major basketball alum. Well, I didn't play, but as a someone alumni from a school, that's a mid major basketball school. It's very exciting to see, the opportunity for these mid-major teams to have a shot at a national title. It's unbelievable. Uh, Florida Atlantic University versus San Diego State. I mean, I'm not even sure if I want to give you a pick because it doesn't really matter. I've been so bad and these games have been so unpredictable. But why not? I'll give you a pick. I think it's such a hard one. I think I have to go San Diego State. I think they've been a great team over the last couple of years. Um They've been a really strong mid-major. They've been one all season. They've proven themselves in the tournament. But FAU, man, or Atlantic has been unbelievable. And if they're going to be the Cinderella story, I could see them going all the way. Maybe not winning at all, but definitely being in the title match. Uh, then Miami-UConn, another game like Miami takes out Texas. The way that this Miami team has been playing has just been kind of mind-blowing. Did not expect them to be in the Final Four. It's just unbelievable. Um, they're taking on UConn, the Huskies. I Right now, I got the Huskies winning it all. I think they're going to win it all. So those are your matchups for the men's Final Four. Just unbelievable. Uh, I'm really curious about what the numbers are going to be in regards to the TV ratings. Because so far, the women's uh, NCAA tournament has been unfreaking believable Those numbers, the TV numbers have been outrageous. 
um, blowing out NBA regular season. Um, the games have been amazing. The trash talking back and forth between these young ladies has been top tier. I mean, it's it, on both sides. The men's and women's tournaments have been unbelievable. Major upsets as well for, on the women's side with UConn going out and other big teams going out. It's uh, the Lady Vols going out. Uh, Virginia Tech really having an unbelievable tournament. Not A lot of people not expecting that. So let's take a look at the ladies' tournament. We have LSU, Virginia Tech. Um, come on, LSU's in there? I was not expecting LSU to be in the Final Four. Uh, once again, another crazy tournament year. So LSU, Virginia Tech, and then later... Uh, Iowa versus South Carolina. Now that's going to be a fun one. Uh, Iowa has got a great program, but we all know South Carolina is the best. They've been the best the last couple of years. They won the national title last year. Um, they're my pick to win it again this year. It's really hard to go back to back. It's it's nearly impossible. You see it more in women's than you do see it in men's for the NCAA tournament. But I really feel that South Carolina can pull out that back-to-back win they've just been unbelievable they were unbelievable last year they're unbelievable this year during the regular season they were unbelievable they've been unbelievable in the tournament so it's gonna be a crazy weekend and i'm really curious probably what i'm most excited for is to see the numbers after the after the tournament because the finals will be on i believe sunday and monday but um final four's numbers are going to be extremely extremely interesting I want to know if the women are going to blow the men out. I, I would say on paper, the matchups in the women's tournament final four are way more exciting to see a team like Iowa take on South Carolina, to see a team like LSU take on a team like Virginia tech. Those to me kind of ring out more exciting than FAU versus San Diego state, because even though we love the Cinderella story in the college basketball world, we want to see the big dogs. We want to see the blue butts, blue bloods take each other on. We want to see Kentucky, Duke, North Carolina, the big dogs, Tennessee. You know, we want to see these heroes and these monsters of the sport take each other on in these championship and semifinal games. So love to see the mid majors, but I'm really curious to see if the women's tournament is going to have an edge or at least be neck and neck in ratings against the men. So that's really going to be exciting. And also to talk about touch upon before we get into our main topic of baseball, the Pecorina statue went up this, this past weekend in front of Bridgestone arena for all the fans and all of his former teammates and his family to see. And I, I it's an unbelievable statue. I, I was really worried. I know a lot of people get worried about a statue or, a plaque or a bust reveal because we've seen some pretty, pretty bad ones over the last couple of years. Uh, obviously the, the Ronaldo one comes to mind, but nothing even close to bad. It's just a fantastic, fantastic statue. It just really represents him as a whole with his great smile and full on gear. And it was really awesome to see. And if anyone deserved a statue here in Nashville, it's Pekka arena. He's been one of the best players in the history of Nashville sports, especially professional sports, what he's done both on the ice and off the ice to help Vanderbilt's pediatric cancer center. And the charity work he's done has been unbelievable. And obviously being one of the best goalkeepers 
ever and by far the best in Nashville's history. Uh, no better way to honor him. And also the Preds, you know, you'd think that they're out of the playoff picture, but they continue to pick up wins and fight back. You know, after the Pecorine statue reveal, a horrible loss to Seattle, losing 7-2, to hoping, you know, people thinking that they could pull out that win and maybe somehow sneak into the last wild card spot. They had that, then they took on Toronto, they lost that. But then they went into Boston and beat the Bruins, the best team in the NHL, 2-1. to one. So I don't really know what to think of the Preds right now. Uh, the standings are pretty tight. They are three points out of the second wild card spot. It's going to be really hard to get get in there. Um, I don't really see it happening with a handful of games left in the series, in the season, I should say. You got Pittsburgh today, Thursday, so we'll find that out. The game will be over by the time you guys are listening to it. But they have, they have Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh. They're also fighting for a playoff spot. St. Louis in St. Louis, uh, no, St. Louis at home, excuse me. And then uh, a handful of games left against Dallas, Las Vegas, Carolina. Carolina at home, but Carolina, man, they're fantastic. Winnipeg, Calgary, also playoff team fighting for a playoff spot. Uh, Minnesota and obviously Colorado to f- finish the season. So those are some really good teams in there. And if Nashville can somehow run the table uh, and maybe only drop one or two of those, but um, they're going to need to almost win out to sneak their way into the playoffs, especially with Calgary right there on the edge and Winnipeg right there on the edge. Uh, it's it's going to be hard, and they got to take on the Vegas team. That's fantastic. They got to take, take on Minnesota, Dallas, and Colorado, who are all in the top three in the Central. So Nashville's got a really hard end of the season. Got to tip your hat. They're still in it point-wise. It's going to be near impossible for them to win out or only drop a handful of games for how good of the teams they're playing. But, hey, it's going to be exciting hockey down the stretch, and even for how difficult of a season they had, how disappointing in a lot of ways of the season they had and the the way they sold off some of their players at the trade deadline and picking up some draft picks and the David Poyle retirement and all that, they're still in it. They're still putting on competitive, exciting hockey here at this last two-week stretch of the season before the playoffs start. So, yeah, it's going to be exciting, really exciting to see, and we'll, we'll definitely be getting into more Preds talk as the season winds down next week and uh, they're on forward. If they make the playoffs, that'll be fantastic. I have a lot to talk about there. If they don't, that's all right. We'll still have a lot to talk about because the Preds have a they're going to have a very interesting future, and I think a lot of Preds fans, including a lot of people in the media, the most exciting thing to talk about the Preds is their future with Barry Trotz coming on as GM, as well as all the draft picks and all the prospects in Milwaukee right now that are playing exciting hockey. So the Preds, it's going to be a lot of fun to talk about looking towards the future. But today is opening day. And if you say happy opening day to someone and their response is opening day for what, then you probably should not be friends with them because everyone knows opening day means baseball. Now, uh, obviously, Nashville doesn't have a major league baseball team. If you don't know that, then I don't know what you're doing. Listen to this podcast. But um, we do have a fantastic minor league baseball team called the Sounds. And that's what I'd like to be focusing on uh, today is the Sounds and obviously touching upon a little bit of college baseball with Vanderbilt continuing to kick butt 
but I really like to focus on the sounds because I don't think they get enough love as a baseball team. Obviously, First Horizon Park is a fantastic minor league ballpark, probably one of the best in the country. Going to a sounds game is probably one of the best and one of the most inexpensive ways for entertainment for everyone. Older families, young families with little kids, big groups of friends, date night, everything, a, a workout, a work get together. Uh, it's just it's perfect because baseball is just still at the end of the day, to, despite the ratings or how popular or unpopular it's getting. It's still America's pastime and people still are like people who are not sports people are like, oh, I'll go to the baseball game. So we all know the sounds just they continue to rake in ticket sale dollars and continue to sell out games and having the best attendance in minor league baseball over the last few years, even during the pandemic, when they opened up, uh, they, they still had the best out of everyone. So someone said to me once, uh, it's a, uh, the sounds are a, uh, license to print money because tickets are ridiculously cheap anywhere between 15 to $40, $40 behind home plate. It's a great atmosphere. It's a great place for families. They have fantastic food. They have great uh, drink options. And, and it's right there in Germantown next to a couple bars next to Brooklyn Bowl. It's becoming a really great area to just go and you can get in for 15 bucks. It, it's fantastic. And I don't think people actually know or respect the product that's on the field. This team, they won their division title, the Western Division title. Just this last season, I mean, they were fantastic. They put a fantastic product on the field with manager Rick Sweet coming back to the sounds. You know, last year they had 91 wins. They finished the season 91 and 58 in first place, both in the league and the division. I mean, that is fantastic. They went on to play in the International League finals against the Durham Bulls. Uh, they lost 1-0, but holy cow, just fantastic, fantastic, fantastic season. Went through the minor, the minor league playoffs. That's the thing. I don't think people are paying attention to how good the sounds are because it is minor league. I know it's, it's fun to go to games. And I love to go to games, but going to games is even more fun when you're following the team for how good they are and how good the product they put out on the field. I mean... Going to a game might be fun, but if the team you're going to see is going to get blown out, you know, 10 to zero, who's going to want to see that? Or if they're going to lose every game and they stink, who's going to want to see that? When you have a team that this is this good and can win 91 games, that is fantastic. And it makes the experience all the much better. Also, I think a lot of people are not thinking about where these players are coming from and how hard they're working and where they can end up. A lot of these players are one step away from being on the major league roster, being uh, obviously the sounds being the affiliate for the Milwaukee Brewers who have a good team and are probably going to be a National League central competitor with the St. Louis Cardinals. They're going to be fighting for a division for a division win. So they have a good team as well. And they've got a great farm over here in Nashville winning a whole lot of games. The Brewers currently have three players in, a, in MLB's top 100 prospects. And two of them are playing for the sound right now. I mean, I don't think people can really, they're not really wrapping their heads around, you know, the type of talent they could see here. I mean, I hear from people all the time. Oh, I saw Bryce Harper when he played 
uh, in the the Nationals minor league system before he became Bryce Harper, the MVP that we know of him today. So I players all I remember seeing Mike Trout before, you know, he made his way on the Angels in the minor league system. Oh, I got to see, you know, these players all over the country. There's, there's hundreds of, it feels like there's hundreds of minor league teams all over the country that are, have some fantastic talent out there that you can get a glimpse of before they can become the legends that we know of today. The Brewers currently have the number eight prospect in all of baseball. He's in the double A system currently, but Jackson Cherio. And uh, in 2021, he spent time with, uh, in 2022, he spent time with three different minor league systems and uh, single A, single A plus, finally finding his way to double A. And he finished the season with a 288 batting average, an on base percentage of 342, a slugging percentage of 538, and an OPS of 880. He played nearly 100 games, uh, 99 games, 400 at bats with 115 hits, 20 home runs, and 75 RBIs. So this kid's got a lot of. there's a lot of excitement surrounding this young player. And this is a player that sounds fans and people in Nashville you get a chance to look at a top 10 prospect in MLB He's currently in double a is only 19 years old. But if he continues to grow and get better, he could find his way on the sounds roster. So another great example is Sal Frelick. He spent 46 games with the, the sounds last year having a batting average of 364, an on-base percentage of 435, 69 hits, 25 RBIs. So he's someone that started off in single A+, plus, worked his way to double tri- A, and finished the season in triple A. This is an exciting player. This is a guy that could be on the major league roster for the Brewers in a year or two. You know, obviously, minor league baseball is such a toss-up. You have guys that play fantastic and they could find their ways uh find their way on a major league roster it's really tough the minor league baseball world is a dog eat dog type of world and it's uh very backbreaking for these players um they're not everyone thinks oh he's a professional baseball player but he's not making a whole lot of money these guys are not making a whole lot of money they're not flying private jets they're not staying in the best hotels they're they're traveling the country to play baseball in a bus they're staying at mostly motels and cheaper hotels and they're playing as many games or as close to as many games as a full major league baseball player and they know if they get hurt they might lose their spot on the roster and there goes their dreams they know if they don't play well a string of games they can get bumped down from triple a to double a and getting back from double A AA to triple A can be nearly impossible for some guys. I mean, hundreds and hundreds of kids going through this minor league system from both here in the United States and so many that from the Dominican Republic and from the Caribbean and South America and Mexico, they come over to America to play in this play in the minor league system, not knowing the language, not having any family. It's really tough and it's really grueling. And I think it'd be so much more of an experience for people to go to sounds games and have this knowledge of saying, Oh wow, that guy played really well. I want to know his story. I want to know his backstory. 
I want to know where he comes from. Uh, oh, wow. Who's this Jackson Churio guy? Well, guess what? He's number eight prospect in the in all of MLB right now. It's just it's so exciting. And I don't think people realize how lucky Nashville is to have a minor league baseball team, especially a triple A, because you always hear to talk about, oh, Nashville's super close to getting an MLB team. And um, the Music City baseball guys, they're great. They're doing some fantastic work. They have some big names that are attributed to them. But Nashville getting a Major League Baseball team, it, it's not its not going to happen until it happens. It's one of those situations. Uh, the reason why Nashville got an MLS team is because a millionaire like John Ingram said, I want to invest my life, my money, and my legacy in bringing a Major League Soccer team here to Nashville. And there really was a starving, committed, dedicated community of soccer fans here with the Nashville USL team. So there was something to build off from. I'm not saying there aren't baseball fans in Nashville. There's thousands of baseball fans in Nashville, Braves fans, uh, Cincinnati Reds fans, tons of Cardinals fans. I mean, this is a baseball city. People don't really think of it. Nashville doesn't have that one millionaire or most likely what they'll need is a billionaire to come in and say, I want to invest money into bringing a major league baseball team to Nashville. Nashville's best bet of getting a major league baseball team is if the Tampa Bay Rays or the Oakland athletics decide that their cities are not feasible for them anymore and they will move to another city. The only issue is those two teams are only going to want to go to a city that's going to want to build them a stadium. And Nashville's already dealing with issues with trying to build a new Titan stadium. And even though those tax dollars are going to be coming from tax dollars from tourist money, it's still tax dollars. Uh, It's still the city helping fund the stadium. And I have a hard time believing that a, a prospective candidate for mayor and Metro Council are going to want to be dumping millions, if not billions of dollars into building a baseball stadium here in Nashville. And also, where are they going to put it? Geo's Park is in the Wedgwood Houston area, right off of Nolensville, Pike. But it's not in downtown. If they want to put a baseball stadium right in downtown, where are they going to put it? Where Topgolf is? Well, Topgolf is there. Uh, good luck kicking Topgolf out of there. That entire area is already part of the East Bank project to revitalize that area, put restaurants and shopping areas and little parks right along the river. That plan includes a plan for a new Titan Stadium. There's no plan for a new baseball stadium. They're going to have to rework everything if they want to put a baseball stadium there. So the, the odds of Nashville getting a baseball team are significantly low. And the two biggest things, like I said, it's going to be owner that's going to, want to dedicate millions of money into it. That's not going to rely on taxpayer dollars. And they need a stadium. They need a place to put the stadium. And right now, there's not much room left in downtown to put a stadium. And that means they might have to be looking at outside the county. And that's I, I would be shocked if MLB really wants to put a baseball team outside of a major city especially they want something in Nashville. They want to be downtown Nashville. So there's a lot of issues and I'm not going to spend the entire episode talking about this, but I just want people to understand that 
we are much further from getting a major league baseball team that than what might be being said out there. Yes, Nashville is a top destination, as always mentioned, for a baseball city. But the odds of Nashville getting one over a Las Vegas or a Portland or even a Charlotte are significantly low. So what people should do is invest their time in the sounds, is what I'm saying, because uh, they're just a fantastic team. And there's just so much great stuff always going on with them. They always put a great product on the field. You want to watch live baseball instead of screaming about how we want a baseball team. We do have a baseball team and they're really, really freaking good. Another thing that the sounds offer that no one else offered until obviously Nashville SC came to town would was a consistent outdoor entertainment option, especially for sports fans. Cause if you're a sports fan in Nashville, the summer's dead after hockey season ends, especially if there's no playoffs, which is the first, second week of April. And Unless you're a diehard football fan, you'll follow the draft and all the preseason stuff. There's really nothing going on in Nashville sports-wise between late April and late summer and August. Obviously, now we have racing back in Nashville, both NASCAR and IndyCar. And now we have Nashville SC in town giving fans uh, summer sports. So there's more options now. But before that, it was just the sounds. The sounds would be the only place that people and families and young people could go and watch live sports, get live entertainment for a very inexpensive price. So you really have to look at that and how the sounds continue to invest in that. And you might say, Oh, they're making money. They're doing good. They're just going to keep it the status quo. No, they keep doing renovations on their stadium, making it better, adding more uh, deals and adding more, firework nights and first responder nights and stuff like that to get people involved, make it more inclusive to the community, make it more fun for families and for everyone to say, Oh, let's go out for this game. Let's go out for this game. Always having a 4th of July night at the ballpark. They go above and beyond making the sounds one of the best places for entertainment in the city. No matter how many tickets they'll sell out every year, they'll just get continue to get better because they know that even though Nashville is a hot ticket in town, the Nashville SC is a hot ticket in town. Uh, the sounds still have the upper hand and people saying, I got to get out to the sounds game. It's just so much more accessible. It's because there's so many more games and the tickets are significantly cheaper. And there's a handful of guys in, in the, in the Milwaukee system uh, that saw a lot of playing time right now. Uh, you got a guy like, Bryce Terang, who spent the season with Nashville, uh, Nashville Sounds, had a fantastic 2022 season, played 130 games, was an absolute workhorse for the Sounds, finished the season with a 286 average, a 360 on base percentage, with 532 at bats, 152 hits, 13 home runs, and 78 RBIs. And 65 walks. So this guy was fantastic. Right now he's sitting at number five on the Milwaukee Brewers top 30 prospects. And he's a guy that will most likely be back and forth between the, the sounds and the minor league. We're going to see a lot of fantastic players coming through the sounds, either coming back for after an injury on the Brewers and playing some rehab games with the sounds 
or guys that are going to be fighting to make their way on the on the Brewers roster for a team that's going to be wanting to make a playoff push. So I would say that outside of Nashville SC, who's obviously obviously the most exciting team in town because of how new they are and having the MVP and having the new stadium, I say the sounds, if you want quality sports here in Nashville, look no further than the sounds. I mean, it's so much more than just a night out with your friends with beer and a cheap entertainment. I mean, we're, you're getting a quality team on the field. And I feel fans and uh, people that went to sounds games just paid a little more attention to the players on the field and the actual product on the field. They would have a, so much better of a time because it would be so much more exciting you know, it's like going to a concert. If you know about the artists you're seeing, if you're just going to a concert to go to a concert, yeah, you can probably have a good time. And if they sound great, that's fantastic. But if you know their music beforehand and you know their backstory and the history of, oh, this is their first headlining tour or whatever, it's going to make the experience so much better. And I think the sounds is exactly the same. When I say, oh, if they play well, they have a good team, they have a good game. It's great because we get to go out. We get to go out to the sounds ballpark. They got great food. Love their ice cream, whatever. And if they they win, that's fantastic. But if you go in and you know a little bit more about this team and how good they were, how, and the history behind, you know, the success of their manager Rick Sweet with his fantastic mustache, perfect for baseball, and you, you know about their prospects, you know about a guy like Bryce Terang, who's an absolute workhorse, had a monster of a season for the Sounds last year. You, you know about these players, you know about this team. It's going to make the experience so much more fun. Because they're going to be like, oh, watch out for Bryce Terang. He's going to have a good game because he's a good player. And he hits two home runs. It's going to be so much more exciting for you and your friends or you and your family, especially if you bring little kids to this game. You know, the kids, for them, this is the major leagues. This is the big deal. And they could find out about players and learn more about the players that have been working their butts off to get to AAA and continuing to fight to try to get to the major leagues. It's going to be a really great story for them. It's going to be a really great experience for these kids to watch these pros and say, hey, look at what these guys are doing. They're working really hard, and they, they're making it. They're trying. And if, you know, especially if young kids that want to play baseball, play sports, minor league baseball is the best way to look and say, hey, these guys are working hard. You want to play? You got to work hard. So it's just going to be a really exciting season for the Sounds, and there's so much more to it than just being a fun night out. It's really quality baseball and minor league baseball at its finest and their season starts on friday march 31st obviously pending weather and they're going to be welcoming the louisville bats for the opening series and they're going to have a handful of fantastic teams visiting between the durham bulls and the saint uh, the louisville bats and the memphis redbirds there are so many great teams with uh, great prospects that are top tier affiliates of major league ball clubs that are going to be coming into town. And uh, it, it's going to be a fun summer, especially when the sounds play well. And obviously pending weather, a good sound season is always means it's going to be a great summer here in Nashville. Baseball being back is just, it's just so awesome. And I, th I don't think a lot of people realize, holy crap, baseball's back, especially with all the, the Preds news going on. And then obviously with Nashville, a C season starting and how crazy College basketball has been, especially with the SEC tournament in town and uh, Vanderbilt having some uh, a little run in the NIT and all this craziness happening in college basketball. It's been absolutely wild this month. And even even in February was just wild. So 
it's just a kind of refreshing shock to have baseball back. I know I'm really excited as a baseball nut. So it's going to be so much fun, especially with Vanderbilt too, having the baseball team they had, sweeping Mississippi State, dropping almost 100 runs on them in a three-game series. It's just unbelievable. Unbelievable. Um, obviously, they're a top-five team in the country, and everyone always expects them to be good, but I, I think they can really be a national championship contender. Uh, I, uh, excuse me, I should say a college baseball World Series contender. They have a really, really, really great team with some great pitching. I, I think people are, are kind of underlooking because they don't have the big names of like Jack Leiter and uh, Kumar Rocker they had uh, a couple of years ago. But they, they have some fantastic players. So, and that's always going to be, uh, I'd say it's tougher to get in, get a ticket for Vanderbilt baseball than it is the sounds. And those guys are pro- professional. So it's, it's great at baseball seasons back. And even though Nashville doesn't have a major league baseball team, uh, stop your complaining because Nashville's got some fantastic baseball in the sounds and Vanderbilt. And we always know MTSU and Belmont always put on, uh, put out a fantastic baseball team. So quit your complaining about there not being a major league baseball team. Cause there's some fantastic baseball here in Nashville. Some of the best in the country. I would even say between Vanderbilt and the sounds. So, yeah, super, super exciting season, super exciting opening series for the Sounds. I would not be surprised if the Saturday and Sunday games are nearly sold out, especially for how beautiful of a weekend it's supposed to be. So, yeah, and let's jump into the closing of our uh, the episode three of the Sports Credential podcast. Let's finish with some of my top games coming up this next week. And there's a lot going on. Obviously. Opening weekend with the sounds. I've said that a thousand times, but I'll say it one more time. Going to be exciting with the Louisville Bats. Um, definitely, if you're in town and you have the time, check those out. Final Four. Uh, women's Final Four. Uh, Friday with those four fantastic games. And on Saturday, the Men's Final Four. And then the National Championship taking place on Sunday and Monday. Nashville SC. Big game, like we mentioned earlier. On Saturday in Orlando against Orlando, going to be a big game. I, I'd say uh, keep your eye on Hani Mukhtar. He's he's really he's due for a big game, and if he doesn't have a big game, might be we might be looking at three losses in a row for Nashville SC. Also this weekend we got another IndyCar race at the Grand Prix of Texas at the Motor the Texas Motor Speedway in Fort Worth. Reigning champion of that from last season, Joseph Newgarden, Nashville native, so. All you racing fans with racing being back, both NASCAR and IndyCar and Formula One for your Formula One fans. Racing is back in full swing, and we have got a great race this weekend in IndyCar. Uh, obviously, this Sunday, big NASCAR race at Richmond. I know I'll be watching that because the race at Richmond is always one of the best races all season long. So we'll definitely be touching on some NASCAR and some IndyCar Later this summer here at the Sports Credential Podcast with uh, the IndyCar, the Music City Grand Prix coming back to Nashville and another exciting weekend of NASCAR here in Nashville. But that's all we have for you this week here at the Sports Credential Podcast. Thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, I'm enjoying doing these things. Be sure to follow the Sports Credential on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And be sure to follow... The and subscribe to the Sports Credential Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, as well as YouTube. And 
Don't be afraid to give us a like or a comment or a rating that all that stuff is going to help us grow and become better as we continue this show. Once again, I'm your host, Stephen Buero. Thank you guys for tuning in. Excited for this big weekend of sports, and I can't wait to talk to you guys next week about it.